we go. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Can you hear me now? I can. Welcome back, Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 150. 150, that's kind of a big round number. It's 150. 150, Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 6, 8, and 10, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent. But more importantly, become better you. What you're about that? to what resources. Was that word? Resources. Okay. But I said resources. Yeah, you're you're trying to get through. See, someone might be listening to 150, and it may be their first one. I know. That's why I'm reading the intro. I know, but you didn't say resources. Topics this week: uh, documentaries, 60 minutes from last night. Uh huh. Um, and then uh, you are going to do one brave thing. Is that what it's called? Sure. Let's call it My Brave Thing. My Brave Thing. But first, I want to thank some people who gave us an iTunes review. Okay. I'm not going to read the review because that might be boring, but we're very grateful for it, right? Uh-huh. So the few people, uh, Jen in Missouri said, so excited to be able to start from the beginning. She gave us five stars. Really good show by Milton. Good to the heart of conscious... Oh, no. Gets to the heart of conscious parenting. Oh, that's a huge compliment. That's from uh, Hunter Clark Fields Yoga. Okay. Um, a weekly joy to listen to. That's from Kath for dimples. I wonder if Kath has dimples. I bet she does. And then uh, Karen in Rhode Island. Always something to learn. Thank you, everybody, for giving us iTunes review. That is uh, our... Um, that's the carrot. Try to get people to give us a review. I will read their their name or at least what they call themselves on iTunes. Yeah, and just so you guys know, it, it's not just to make us feel good. It actually helps with iTunes stats. So more people find us, the more reviews there are. So it's just a way to spread the word. It increases our listenership. Yeah. Um, so And then I'm going to give a resource of the week maybe and turn them into bad. Yes, we have many the things. When are we going to do the my the brave thing? I don't care. All right, let's do it in the middle. Okay. Don't let me forget. I will not. Um, but first, let's – oh, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. That's our motto. That's our motto and message. That I stole from somebody who I don't remember. We got to figure it out because we don't want them to get mad. That's right. Um, so let's talk. We watched 60 Minutes last night. Uh-huh. And there's three segments. One was about a bunch of billionaires – who are philanthropists. Right. Not the segment about Gitmo. No. That looked pretty depressing. Oh, I just can't watch that. We skipped like that right anymore. over that. But we had the girls watch this um, this part of the 60 Minutes because it was uh, pretty much focusing on Warren Buffett and Bill and Melinda Gates. Yeah. So it was called the, the, the segment was called The Giving Pledge, and that's actually the name of the what they're doing is the three of them have bonded together. And if you guys don't know, Bill and Melinda Gates, obviously they have um, – they're – how would I say this? Huge philanthropists and have put a majority of their money toward things like ninety five percent, ninety five percent toward education and eradicating uh, certain illnesses around the world. Right. And Warren Buffett has given ninety nine percent, ninety nine percent of his, his wealth, wealth before, after, uh, during his lifetime, and then once he dies, ninety nine percent of his wealth is going to be given to. Um, charity like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And that's it. He bonded with them because they already had an established way right. to filter this money right. to to places that need it. Right. So anyway, go on. You were going to keep going. So it was very inspiring. So we encourage you to listen to it. I'll even put a link to it on our show notes. Uh, I think it's going to be called zenparentingradio.com slash archive slash 150. But Nobody's going to remember that. Sweetie. I know, but I'm just telling you. Okay. All right. So, um, so it was quite inspiring. And I wanted to talk a little bit about um, well, why, why – go. Well, I was going to say explain what it is because we're saying that it's about – but The giving pledge basically challenges uh, – You ha- the requirements are you need to be a billionaire uh-huh. 
which is kind of a hard number to even grasp. But there are there's more billionaires today than there's ever been. Right. Right. And the only requirement is they're a billionaire and they are committed to giving away half of their wealth either during their lifetime or in their will when they die. Yes. So I don't know how many people are in this club, but it's at least a handful. And more than a handful, didn't they? Actually, they never came out and said. I don't did think they? they gave the number. And Warren Buffett's kind of the the guy who picking up the phone saying, "Hey, billionaire guy, how and, about and, you join uh, the Giving Pledge?" And he's also kind of the spokesperson for it. He's the face of it, right? And one, I, I didn't play this clip, but there's a clip in it where Warren says, "You know, after a certain point, um, to give to have a more than that amount, whatever it is." provides no utility to, to anything mm-hmm. to anything mm-hmm. so instead of us kind of re- attracting more and more wealth into our own pockets we instead are going to do these things like help cure polio in africa hello or give us clean water in third world countries and one thing that he said is that the comment that he gets when he picks up the phone to these billionaires and says please do the gift because he calls it the giving pledge mm-hmm. you know you sign a document saying you'll do this that what he gets from them is often it's because he said I've had as many no's as I've had yeses. Mm-hmm. And he said, what they often say is I want to leave this money to my children. And he really made a bold statement about, I think we should quit just handing over billions of dollars to children so they don't have any, uh, what's the word? They don't feel the drive right. to go out there and make their own thing and do their own thing. It doesn't mean we shouldn't keep our children's co- children comfortable mm-hmm. and that we shouldn't have maybe provide for their college education and make sure that their survival needs are taken care of and make sure that they're, you know, that they have some kind of cushion. But we're talking about billionaires mm-hmm. here. I mean, they could do that with. 10% of what they have. Right. And the billionaires are concerned about leaving all that for their children. It seems kind of, what's the word? What is? Why did it get super quiet all of a sudden? Because our heater turned off. Oh, I wondered. See, that's what happens in the winter. It gets too quiet because the heater's quiet. So I just thought that was, he just said it flat out. And I thought that was really um, brave because mm-hmm. a lot of people say, well, you, you, know, you can't tell me what to do with my money. Very true. Right. But as Todd said, the point he's making is that once you get to a certain amount of money, it doesn't give you anything anymore. Right. Like you've already bought everything you've need. You've already you're going to be covered for life. Hopefully you've got your money in a place where it's going to continue to grow. So why don't you take the rest of what you have and and contribute, put it back into the world. Well, here's a careful point and I'm going to call myself out and many other people okay. out there because it's very easy for us to just kind of push that responsibility to everybody else. And I don't do, I can't speak for everybody, but I don't do as good of a job as I think I can when it comes to, uh, you know, taking in money and then re- and then sending it out to people with, you know, poor people or See, whatever. And I think it's all relative. It is. Because I think we do. We do. And we do a lot, but we can do more. Of course. And, always. and, and all I'm saying is that it, let's not just say, oh, well, the people out there need to be so... Um, responsible and we can just kind of go get by because I'm worried about paying for my three daughters college tuition. The bottom line is in most people's definition, we are extremely rich. If you look in right in other countries, in, throughout totally. the world, throughout the world, even the in fact the US, that we don't have to worry right. about shelter and food and clean clothes water. and clean water, we are the richest people in you're the right. world. And, the, right. and so I just want to make that point that I challenge ourselves and our listeners to do as much as they possibly can. And, you know, one of my girlfriends really uh, pushed back because sometimes there's things that, you know, I'll do for free or we'll do pro bono stuff or whatever. And 
you know, I say, well, that's the way I give back. And she goes, I also encourage you to not be afraid of making money and pushing yourself to make money because the more you make, the more you can give back. So either is fine. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, sometimes there's this feeling that we have the people who have money are all evil or they're all out for themselves. And the truth is, is that if you make a lot of money, mm-hmm. then you have more ability. The more to I help, got, the more I can, the more give. you can give. So as long as your mindset is there, um, but even, but I think Todd's point is even if you don't have a lot, you still want want to have a percentage mm-hmm. because what we put out is what we get back. Mm-hmm. So if we just hold onto our money tight fisted mm-hmm. and worry, mm-hmm. then we're not having a, an exchange with the universe. We're I, not giving back. I think there's a story in the New Testament and because it's been so far since I've studied the Bible, uh, there's like two people that were giving money and uh, the one guy gave a whole bunch of money, but he was a rich dude. And another woman came by and gave like two cents or whatever it was. Uh And Jesus was around and Jesus was like, you know, which one of these people are better or whatever. I'm going to, you know, really brutalize this quote. This this passage. (laughs) But he basically said the woman who gave that two cents actually gave more because she she didn't have as much than the guy who gave hundreds of dollars because without that two cents she's going to be somewhat uncomfortable exactly where the people who give away something that they wouldn't be using anyway there's and not that you have to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. it this is like a hard thing to talk about without it sounding like there's a judgment Mm -hmm. someplace there's not i think the bottom line is is that even if it's things like you keep bottles of water in your car Mm -hmm. and you hand them to homeless people or you um when someone's running a race and they're you know raising money, you donate. Mm-hmm. A kid walks to your door and they're selling uh, cookies, mm-hmm. buy some. Right. It's It doesn't have to be some big chunk of change. It just has to be the mentality of putting back into the system because right. the system is giving to you. Right. So you just, it's cyclical. So that spurred a um, conversation about documentaries. And I, and I want to talk about that in a second. What were you about to say? I was going to say, can I explain why? Sure. Because one of the guys who is in the Giving Pledge Club, I guess we'll call it, he has put a lot of his money toward producing and financing um, documentaries. I'm on the website right now. It's called participantmedia.com. And a few of these documentaries are An Inconvenient Truth, Food Inc., uh, Promised Land, Waiting for Superman. Superman. So the it, Cove, yeah, the Cove. So it's his mission to bring out really good movies that also have uh, spur some type of social change conversation. Because the thing is, is that's a way to reach people. People will go see a good movie, right? And that good movie will inspire them. If they're just reading an article, maybe it will, right? But it really is. Um, it's a wonderful way to reach people in the comfort of their own homes or in a theater. Right. Um, so now what I want to do first is talk about a partner, and okay. then I want to get into documentaries. You, okay. you good with that? Yes. Um, so Helping Hands Made Services, their phone number is 630-530-1324. Uh, they work all over uh, the Chicagoland area, western suburbs. Uh, give them a call. They clean our home once a month and basically buys us about three hours of our time that we otherwise wouldn't have. So if you can do it and give yourself a break, that's one thing that you can do. That's right. Helpinghandsmadeservices.com, 630-530-1324. So let's get into this, some of these documentaries. So we so after watching this Giving Pledge thing on 60 Minutes last night, we started talking about our favorite documentaries and why. And we wanted to discuss them, not just the movie itself, but what kind of lessons we get from it. Right. Because these movies 
can be teaching tools for you to allow you to go deeper and connect to what's most meaningful to you. But they also can be, if your children are old enough, wonderful things that you can watch with your kids to spur a really wonderful discussion and also teach some some lessons or give them kind of a different perspective. Teaching lessons sounds too demanding, you know, but it it can offer a different perspective of how other people view the world and their their experiences. Right. So uh, we came up with about five documentaries give or take and i have some clips that i want to play from them um so do you, do you want, want me, me to start, start? jinx, <laughs> jinx buy, buy me a, a coke, coke. <laughs> <laughs> what's the next thing that they say in that saturday night Live stuff? um they i know the whole thing julia louise dreyfus yeah maybe we'll put that in yeah in our show in. notes okay um let's start with uh oh let's start, let's start with, with girl rising yes because part of the another part of the uh the reason that we wanted to talk about this today, it all kind of came together as it always does after watching 60 Minutes last night, is Todd and I have secured a screening of the documentary Girl Rising um, at the AMC theaters here in Lombard, which is outside of Chicago. For those of you who don't live in Chicago, we live in Elmhurst and Lombard's only a few minutes away. So we brought, we Todd and I have secured this screening and what that means is they are committed to bringing the movie here as long as we get 100 reservations. We are already over halfway there. Halfway home, baby. We are halfway home. I think we have 60 reservations. But for people who are um, in town who would like to see Girl Rising, which we're going to talk about in a moment, um, we are going to have a link uh, on, on the show, show notes, notes and on our Facebook, Facebook page. page. All you have to do is click on that link and reserve your tickets. It's super simple. Don't try and go through another method of putting in my name. And yeah. a lot of people have emailed me and that doesn't work. You need to click on the link we have. Just buy a ticket and you don't get charged until we reach that hundred and however many Yeah, people. once we reach the goal, the movie gets green lit, which means that everybody's tickets, you get, it gets confirmed. You get an email saying, okay. And it, the, it goes through meaning then you pay. So, um, but then this movie that, um, that we're bringing called girl rising, which I think I've talked about on the show. Cause I took JC several months ago is a movie that highlights a bunch of different girls who are anywhere between nine and about 16. And it's girls who live in countries where they are not allowed access to education. And the choices they have made and the things and the sacrifices they have made to make sure they get educated because they understand without an education, they have no future. And these are girls in countries where nobody is supporting them in this. I mean, maybe a a few other girls and some women are trying, but the culture doesn't support them becoming educated. And I think it's really important for us as adults to see you know, I get frustrated. I, I actually just did a workshop this weekend and we were talking about girls and how women are portrayed in the society. And a lot of times what it comes down to, if you really watch TV, is a lot of cattiness and a lot of, um, you know, fighting with other women, drama. backstabbing drama, being oversensitive. And again, I don't even think being oversensitive is bad, but it's viewed as negative. And, they, and it's all about appearance and your weight and what you look like and what you wear. And then you see a documentary about like this about women and young girls and they're smart and they're strong and they know who they are and they have, um, they feel worthy and they, and it's not about the way they look. It's about what they bring to the world. And these are the kind of things that we need to show our daughters and our sons because yeah. our sons are seeing the same images. Well, our and girls it's so are. easy for us to, um, disregard sons because it's called girl rising. Why would I need to know this? Cause I'm a boy, but if we're really going to, if we're teaching the whole spectrum on things, it's important for guys, for boys to know 
what it's like for a girl. And, right. and, and conversely, girls need to know what it's like to be a boy. I mean, each sex presents its own share of challenges. So there's nothing wrong with trying to step in somebody else's shoes. It gives you an appreciation for what they're going through. And this movie offers, besides just these girls and the um, obstacles they are overcoming and the challenges they are taking on, it gives you an understanding of other parts of the world. Yeah. These are things that we're so limited in our thinking. We're so focused on just the United States or just our city or just our, our state. And we are connected to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I know not everybody buys into that, but it's not, in my opinion, it's not something to buy into. It right. just is. Right. What happens on the other side of the world still affects us. Yeah. And we have to see ourselves as being connected and that we need to help each other no matter where we are. And so, you know, it just raises awareness of what girls are experiencing. Well, what I'm hoping that it does is uh, for the children and, and the adults, I guess, will have an appreciation to how good we really have it. Yes, and that the freedoms that our girls have is not that, um, you know, because public education is mandatory in this country, Mm. meaning it's a law that you either go to a public school or you are homeschooled or you're in a private school, you have to go to school. And sometimes, not sometimes, that's so taken for granted because there's so many places where girls have a school and then, you know, like in Malala's case, the Taliban bombs their school and says, I'll kill you if you go to school. Okay, come on. And yet girls still... And go some, through that fear. And they they walk through that fear and they say, I'm going to become educated. I right. don't care what you say. And so it gives you kind of that sense of we we have to have gratitude, which it's good for this month being Thanksgiving month, gratitude for the freedoms that we do have and respect for the people who don't have it and to raise our hearts and our voices to support girls and women in other places to not just watch you know, to actually do something. If it's by seeing this movie and becoming more aware by donating money or by taking on a cause. Um, do what you can, do what whatever you can. it is. Yeah. So I want to play this clip uh, real quick. It's only about 15 seconds. But the one thing I want to say is hopefully it's going to be the girls who are who are privileged, like the girls in our society that use their resources and help everybody else. You know, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, these poor girls who live in these third world countries who are scared to go to school, it's the responsibility of the ones who do have this privilege right. to do something about to spread, it. That's what I mean about raising our voices. Right. Like we can't just say, oh, we have it. They, you know, there are things we can do. Right. You know, let's again, talking about someone like Malala, one person can make an extreme change. So go ahead and play it. I will read. I will study. I will learn. If you try to stop me. I will just try harder. If you stop me, there will be other girls who rise up and take my place. I am changed. That was a quick one, sweetheart. I told you it was a fast one. Oh, okay. Well, again, that's part of the trailer for the movie. Mm -hmm. And just another thing, just to kind of add in the Hollywood aspect, there's a lot of actresses who have lent their voices to this movie. Meryl Streep tells one of the stories. That was Anne Hathaway's voice. Selena Gomez... Um, what's her name? Who I used to think was in Austin Powers, but she wasn't. Betty White. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Thank oh, you. Gotcha. Um, and you know, there's just a lot of uh, famous people have come forward to narrate these stories of these girls and to be their voices. So again, if you're interested in seeing this movie and you live um, around on the western suburbs of Chicago, um, again, we're going to have the link on the show notes. And if you can't find it, just email us either through Facebook or through our website. Comments and, at ZenParentingRadio.com. And we will make sure that you get the link. So speaking of Austin Powers. Throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> I'm the boss. 
Need the info. There, Todd and I got into an argument a long time ago, very long time ago, because I kept saying that Selma Hayek was what's her name in a lot of vagina, a lot of vagina in um, Austin Powers. Austin Powers. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Get it out. So, so um, let's move on to the second next partner. One. Real quick is uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They do the adjusting for my beautiful vertebrae. You do have a beautiful vertebrae. I've always liked my vertebrae. I've and, always liked my spinal cord. And yours and our three daughters. And Dr. Kelly is amazing at what she does. So make sure that you give her a call. And that number is 630-941-8733. Fa- healthy Families by Choice. Not by chance. Not by chance. So documentary number two. What do you think? Um, which one are we doing? I Am? Um, yeah, let's talk about I Am. And this is something that's very... I mean, I love this documentary. Yeah. And it was written and directed by a guy named Tom Shadiak. Tom Shadiak was the director of Dumb and Dumber, right? No, no, no not Dumb no. and Dumber. Ace Ventura. Uh, Ace Ventura, sorry. Ace Ventura. Liar, liar. Liar, liar. Um, uh, Bruce Almighty. Thank you. So I, we're actually trying to get him on the show. We're working on it. Yeah, we oh. had it set and then he, he had to go teach somewhere. He got busy. Yeah. So um, it's. Uh, I want to play the clip to it real quick. Okay. Uh, and then I'd like to talk about it. But this clip is a little bit longer, so just bear with me. Maybe about a minute and a half. Okay. We are asking some of today's significant minds, what's wrong with our world and what can we do about it? Most importantly, what we could do about it. Science has discovered elements that undermine everything we've been told about how we work and how the world works. We are more interconnected with each other at a fundamental level than people realize or previously thought. The truth of who we are is that we are because we belong. The basis of nature is cooperation and democracy. It's in our DNA. We're just at the point where technology and this narrative are beginning to come together. Science shows us that we are all connected. Very deep connections at a very deep level. This is the most profound discovery in all of physics. What we do at the individual level really does affect the global environment. We're really geared at a primordial level to feel what another person feels. It's like we are born to be our brother's keeper. It's the way that we're wired. This is the emerging story. We are far grander than we've been told. Good enough. I love it. So if you happen to be a friend of mine and came by the house a few weeks after uh, that documentary, I basically wouldn't let you leave unless you watched it. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it talks, the, what, the reason I like it is because it talks a lot about the science behind connection and gratitude and how we're all connected because I'm more that side of my brain. I always forget I'm right or left. Which one, which one am I? You're left. I'm the left guy, left side of brain person. So I need the science behind it. And he talks about that, but he's a wonderful filmmaker on top of that. So he has all this, uh, you know, the visuals, he has the stories they interview like Desmond Tutu and they interview a lot of these higher ups of the spiritual world. Well, and that's the thing is, is he connects the, um, spiritual thinkers with the scientists Mm -hmm. and he offers the research alongside the metaphysical and, um, how, so many things that we kind of believe to be kind of woo woo out there, which is kind of the way that many of us lived for a long time, <laughs> you know, where you were just kind of, I don't know why it's true, but mm-hmm. it feels true. Now there's research to 
you know, connect those dots for us and to explain it, starting very simply, which I can't, you know, it's too long to explain the whole thing, but Einstein's theories. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we just take them on this very surface level. But if you understand the theories of Einstein, it it helps you, you know, understand how we're all interconnected and how something we do here can affect someone in the other side of the world. That appears to be completely disconnected. But it's completely connected. Right. And just, you know, understanding that we are energy. Mm -hmm. People are energy. This table is energy. And we're either fast-moving energy or slow-moving energy, but we are energy, and energy never dies. Mm -hmm. And so if you – and that's – I'm not talking metaphysical or religious here. That's science. Mm -hmm. But we don't connect these dots and recognize it. Mm -hmm. We kind of keep them apart from each other and say, well, yeah, that's weird. This is – you know, Mm -hmm. this is all I know. So the documentary I Am, if you really want a base understanding of – who we are, why we're here, what we can do. And again, it's not one thing. It's it's giving you that freedom to understand that you are good, right. that you are worthy, that you were born compassionate, that we were born connected, that they actually make the the comment that we our DNA, in our DNA is cooperation, democracy, and compassion. But what we always hear about is Darwin's theory of evolution, which is about survival of the fittest. What we don't know, and it's said in this documentary, is that within that same document, he talked about survival of the fittest, but he talked about love mm-hmm. over 100 times. Right. And that but gets we never missed. hear that headline. We never, we never hear that. That love, survival of the fittest is part of it, mm-hmm. but it's a small piece. That's not who we are. Right. So, Especially as evolved human beings. But exactly. the, the, premises, the premise of the story uh, of his documentary is he has two questions. The first question, he asks all these spiritual thinkers all over the world, uh, what's wrong with the world? And what can we do to fix it? And what can we do about it? And it's just extraordinary. So I cannot give it a high enough endorsement. And we'll we'll put in how to see it um, in the show notes. Uh, and we'll even put the trailer on there too. But so you, you guys can, can actually, check it out. it's been on OWN. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have it on Netflix now. You could probably get it through Redbox. So mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, if you're just kind of somewhere, you go look for it. I am by Todd Shadiak. Right, very Todd good. Todd Shadiak, yeah. Um, third and final partner is um, Avid Company. Yes. Jeremy Kraft, he's the owner. He does painting and remodeling uh, in the Chicagoland area. So if you are listening and you live either in the suburbs or the city of Chicago, uh, give Jeremy a call. His number is 630-956-1800. He's a wonderful partner of ours. He's a wonderful friend of ours. And he will set you up and he will give you uh, good fair prices at unbelievable service. Yeah. So, um, and then do we want to talk about the last documentary, sweetie? Um, yeah, well, we have a few here, so I'm trying to decide which one is Well, the I have a important. clip for misrepresentation. Then let's talk about that one. All right. Do you want to talk? Sure. So misrepresentation I saw, I think, two or three years ago. So you can definitely find it on Netflix. Um, the reason that I loved this movie is because it gives us an understanding of how what the media projects to us, it becomes what we view the world to be. And the problem with that is, I can't give the statistics off, statistic off the top of my head, but it's something like 89% mm-hmm. of the people behind the media are men. So what that means is that we're not getting an accurate visual of what of who and what women really are. And and let's take it even broader than women, minorities, you know, any any minority. Right. There it we're we're being shown something through one lens. Right. The middle-aged white male. Right. And not to say there's anything wrong with them per se, but when you have no other storyline in mm. there, what we end up with is what we have on TV. We end up with a lot of sexualized advertising, a lot of sexualized shows, a lot of catty women, a lot of violence 
balance. And even though there's a place for that, I'm not, you know, this is one of these things where we got to take this step by step. We have to give other voices um, in not only the the world of media, but the world of politics. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the statistics in misrepresentation is when when boys and girls are around seven. Are you going to play that clip? Probably. Well, just that how kids, you know, the same amount of girls. Okay. Don't ruin it. Okay. So anyway, Todd will play a clip and then we'll talk more about it. I have close friends that will go to the bathroom and put on like 10 pounds of makeup, you know, and you're at school to learn. I remember fifth grade, I was worrying about my weight, and now I'm in ninth grade, I'm still worrying about my weight. As a culture, women are brought up to be fundamentally insecure. Media creates consciousness, and if what gets put out there that creates our consciousness is determined by men, we're not going to make any progress. Little boys and little girls, when they're seven years old, an equal number want to be president of the United States when they grow up. But then you ask the same question when they're 15, and you see this massive gap emerging. We're shortchanging voices that are urgently needed in public forums from ever getting to the table. As the most powerful country in the world, if you're not standing for the right values and for the right principles, that's a loss for the world. You get a woman in the Oval Office, most powerful person in the world, what's the downside? You mean besides the PMS and the mood swings? <laughs> what's in there? So that was a Bill O'Reilly clip from one of his shows. That was Bill O'Reilly asking the question, and then what's the com- What's the guy who said that? I'm going to find out. Well, regardless, some of the other voices that you heard, that was Jane Fonda, that was Condoleezza Rice, that was Lisa Ling. Um, a, a lot Cory Booker was in Corey there. Cory Booker's voice was in there. Basically, he was the one saying we're shortchanging, you know, half of the population isn't coming to the table to make a decision about politics and to make a decision about what is being viewed mm. on our airwaves. And the the comment that, you know, they made is that, that Jane Fonda makes is that media becomes our consciousness. What we're watching becomes how we view the world. So if we don't have those voices, then we don't see through those lenses. Right. And so they call the, the, the title misrepresentation. It's obviously a play on words, miss, M-I-S-S representation, but then it's a misrepresentation of our culture. So um, I, this documentary spurred, uh, kind of spurred me to create a women's circle, uh-huh. which I did about two or three years ago, because I felt like that's something we need to do as women is come together and start mm. having more of a voice and, um, becoming advocates for each other rather than what we see portrayed in the media, being right. backstabbing and jealous of each other. Right. We need to help each other shine. Do you feel like that women's circle is succeeding in those goals? Absolutely. I mean, you know, and it, it's it's not about just women's circle. It's about the domino effect. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're having these conversations and all of us are coming to the table and kind of exploring who we really are, that gets brought home to our spouses, to our children, to our, ch- you know, our children's friends. Um, it, it's a shift. Yeah. And and it's there's not a one solution. It's just an awakening, right? So, nice job, sweetie. Thanks. Uh, did I, you I, see misrepresentation? No, I haven't seen it. But the Todd. lady who um, did that is doing one for boys. Yes, called the mask we live in, which the we've ma- talked about on this show. We have supported um, financially. You yes. know, they, they all these websites have little ways that you can give back and, and finance the film. Actually, finance it. So we did that. We gave our thirty bucks or whatever it was to and, do it. And what I will say is that. You know, the, we're just talking about the documentaries that really rang true to us or that really, you know, kind of spoke to our heart. Go if you, you know, this is a Netflix society now. Go to Netflix and check out documentaries, you guys. If you have something like, you know, The Cove, that's about dolphins mm. and about, you know, you know, go 
if there's something that's meaningful to you or in an inconvenient truth, right. you know, most of the world has heard about that now, but about our environment, like there are things out there mm-hmm. um, to to give you some more education, to stimulate your thinking and to begin that process of change. Food Inc. Food Inc. We loved that. I know. And I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm a lot closer now um, after having seen that. Yeah. So what I mean by that is I used to get burgers all the time. Right. And I find myself getting a portobello mushroom sandwich quite often instead of cheeseburgers. Yeah, and it's not about that you have to give up meat, but we as a society have a right to know where our meat is coming from. Mm. And so much of it is not coming from humane places. Right. And it's it's partly it's because that's not good for us, but that's not good for the animals. It's not good for the whole. Mm. We are connected to them, and so to treat them that way it it reflects on all aspects of our society and then the way we treat the environment mm. because of the way we raise our animals it's just a mess right so but instead of throwing up our hands and saying forget about it we can actually raise our voices and and Todd and I uh, we are pretty much on the same page about the things we support, meaning we're kind of combined in what we, you know, these movies that we're into. But, you know, he tends to direct his energy a lot more towards the men's groups and that kind of thing. And I obviously tend to be a lot more focused on girls' rights and women's rights. And But then we kind of meet in the middle with that it's all about consciousness. That's there right. really is no difference. So you guys have to find what's meaningful to you. So maybe we'll put something on our Facebook page and we'll just, um, we'll literally just list a few of these documentaries that we yeah. talk about on the show. And if you have some that you think that... We should see. We should see yeah. or our listeners should see. Throw it on there because there's a million of them out there and it's hard to scan through the really good ones versus the average ones. And even, you know, I'm not going to dive into it, but the other one that was on my list was Race to Nowhere, which I think changed a lot of my perspective as well. So Waiting for Superman. I mean, there's just so many about education and consciousness. Right. So anyway, do we have time for my brave thing? Yes, we absolutely do. Okay. So so I've had a few people lately either email me or stop me and comment on the fact that a few shows ago, or maybe I did it more than once that I talked about that I try and do something brave every day and that it somehow um, triggered them and thinking, hey, I'll do something brave every day. And I really love that, that it somehow resonated with some people. So I wanted to share some of the brave things um, that I'm talking about, because I sometimes think when we say a brave thing, we assume something really bold. Very grand. But it's very different depending on your personality. And not only do I want to share my thing, but if you have a brave thing that you've done, um, go ahead and comment on our Facebook page or send us an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and we'll share your brave thing because it's different for everybody. My brave thing today that I came home and told Todd I was excited about was I went to Starbucks and I got a coffee. That's very brave, sweetie. (laughs) Nice job. Well, and there was a very long line behind me. But they have this new blend called Christmas Blend, and I really wanted to try it. But I kept thinking, there's all these people waiting, and I don't want to bother these people, and I don't want to be a pain. That's the tape that runs through my head. Right. Um, I'm like that everywhere. Right. That's an old message I got somewhere that I'm somehow get small, getting small, and that I should just get out of the way and not bother people. So what I did, my brave thing, I had to really think about it and be like, okay, be brave, is ask the Starbucks lady, can I test or try the, the Christmas Blend, just a little bit of it, just so I can try it and i know she was she was a little annoyed maybe well she was surprised surprised because of the line because because of the line she kind of had to stop and get a cup real quick i took it left i mean it barely took maybe 10 seconds but that's a brave thing for me because i stepped over the tape that said you aren't worth this time outside of your comfort zone i did it would have been more comfortable for you to push your own needs aside for everybody behind and say that you're not worth it right you know i go against what Maybelline says. No, who says you're worth it? 
L'Oreal? I don't know. I can't remember. It's some. Is that makeup. the Bring Home the Bacon Lady? No, that's like bring from home when the we bacon? were children. That oh. was Anjali. Anjali. Um, what is Anjali? I think it was like a body wash. I think it was perfume. It's something like that. But regardless, it, it was that when I talk about a brave thing, sometimes my brave, brave thing is standing up in front of 100 people. Sometimes it's asking somebody a question that's difficult. And sometimes it's just getting a tester of coffee. Right. Like it doesn't have to be a big deal, but what you're doing is you're practicing stepping over that negative voice or stepping through it or or looking beyond it and speaking your truth. And my truth was I want to try this Christmas time blend and I want to be respectful of everybody here. You know, I wouldn't ask them to like stand there and talk to me for 10 minutes. I don't want to be unconscious of what's going on around me. But there's nothing wrong with asking for something like that. I think the million dollar question, sweetie, is how was the Christmas blend? It was pretty good. It was a little. Was it as good as the half calf americano? <laughs> I still don't know what that is. And sometimes the it's people. It's a half caffeinated, half decaf americano. Okay. I don't know what americano is. Americano is espresso and hot water. And as I've told you. I don't even know what an espresso is. It's a, it's I, a I know a type what coffee, of coffee is. Bean. And the reason that it's called Americano is because I think I've said this on the show. No, you haven't. I haven't. Oh, because in World War II, when um, we were our troops were over in Europe, the coffee that was offered to them was espresso, and it was so strong and heavy for them that they would dilute it with water, and so it became an Americano. So does that mean the Europeans are tougher than the Americans? Yeah, they just they got a little bit more of an edge than we do with coffee. I guess. I guess so. They can tolerate it a little better. Here's my resource of the week. Okay. Because sometimes we just pull out, you know new themes every week. <laughs> like my brave thing and research. There's a website out there called mykidsadventures.com. Uh-huh. And basically it's just a website to a rainy day. You're inside, you got a six-year-old and you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what to do. You don't want to watch TV. You've read all the books, you've done all the coloring, and it's got all these different activities that you can do to remove the boredom. Uh, their mission is to help overcome, help you, the parent, overcome the I'm bored, I don't know what to do complaint you hear from your kids. Uh, it's an online magazine designed to make it easy for parents to create adventures with their children anywhere. Um, so I looked at this and it's really cool. Like they, one idea they had was like a, a glow in the dark bowling game. Mm. So basically you take a bunch of old water bottles and then you find like a little ball and you go down the hallway and they have like some glow in the dark things that you can buy real cheap. From, put them in there. Put yeah. them in there. And all of a sudden it's like a fun, adventurous thing. And they have a whole outdoor outdoor theme as well. So um, it's really awesome. What's the website again? It is mykidsadventures.com. And even though you and I do not think boredom is a bad thing, or at least I will speak for myself, sometimes being bored is the best thing in the world because it actually stimulates uh, creativity. Right. Um, Tournament bad, I think I'm going to save till next week because I think we have to run. But I do want to give ourselves an opportunity to promote whatever it is that we have coming up. Okay. Well, I have a holiday retreat coming up and I will be posting it. I'll talk about it more next week, but it's a virtual retreat. And so if you feel like the holidays are a little overwhelming for you and you want to kind of go into it in a more calm way, then um, stay tuned because next week I will be telling you how you can sign up. And um, it's virtual. You don't have to be anywhere. It's all online. Uh, Men's Adventure Retreat, March 7th through March 9th. Uh, If you're interested, send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I'll get you some more information. And if you're looking for a good present for someone and they're a parent or a new mom or they're pregnant, I have two books, The Self-Aware Parent and The Self-Aware Parent Part 2. You can go to kathycadams.com or go to amazon.com. And don't forget to give us a review on iTunes. Yay! So thank you very much for listening, everybody. This was like our movie show. Sort of like a movie show. A documentary show. That's right. I liked it. Me too. All right, everybody have a good week. Adios. Adios.